Hello and welcome to the newest episode of The Wealth Within Us. Today I have Pam Bartlett with me and she is a franchise consultant. So it's another stream of income or wealth that we might not have thought of. I never thought of it until I had met Pam and learned that there's a lot more to franchising than we think. I know we think of McDonald's and all these other things like Pam always likes to say, but there's so much more to it and you can be your own boss in a very much different way and and also in a very supported way as we are going to learn from Pam. So Pam, thank you so much for coming on to my show. I know you have a wealth of knowledge. You've owned a franchise yourself and now you're helping other people do the same. So like, let's just get into it. So I'm calling this like franchising 101. So everything you want to know about franchising and if it's a good fit for you. (laughs) So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, One thing I've realized since I've been doing this is, and I think I've said this to you probably a bunch of times, is I think most people do not understand franchising. To your point, they think of McDonald's and Mm Chick-fil-A and big box kind of uh, restaurants. And yes, those are franchise brands, but there's over 4,000 different franchises in there crossing many, many different industries. Um, and, And it's just a great way to get into business for yourself, invest in your future, be your own boss, have more control over your income, your long-term wealth strategies, um, just lots more control than you do when you're an employee. Absolutely. And you do, you are an owner. So you may not own like some of the licensing and stuff, but like you're an owner, right? So it's your business. Yes. You own that business. Um, You are an independent business owner. You know, one of the things that Um, I also like to remind people is that the franchise businesses that you see in your town, don't think of those as, oh, they're big, you know, national chains. Those are individually owned and operated businesses by local people. Um, Somebody might own more than one location of a business, Mm -hmm. but it's still a local business run by local people, staffed by local people. Um, It's, it's just, I look at franchising as as a, as a way to invest um, I never talk about people buying a franchise. I talk about investing in a franchise because it is you're making an investment in the way you in your future and your family and also in the way you live your life because now you're your own boss. Um, you control when you come and go. You control, you know, whether do you have to hire a manager or somebody to run the day to day, but you have a lot more control over your own destiny than when you're an employee. Yeah, I do like that. And I love when you had first mentioned that because I hadn't thought of that as well. Some of these places that I didn't know were franchises. It's like, well, I am shopping local. So it's a lot of times when we say shop local, I mean, consider going to the franchises too. Obviously, you want to always support your mom and pop shops. That's people even myself, (laughs) but there are advantages to the franchise and that money oftentimes does go back into your own communities. And like you had said before, it employs the people in your community as well. Um, So when it comes to franchising, what should people be looking for in a franchise? Because it is very much almost like, I hate to say a business in a box, but I look at my own business and, you know, I'm responsible for coming up with the advertising and the marketing and the logos and the branding. And a lot of times with franchise, it kind of is one of the benefits that that's done for you. A couple of things I would say to answer your question. First of all, I hate the, I hate the term business in a box, but I use it because it really, I think of like Macy's used to have bed in the bag. So oh, same yeah, kind yeah. Of <laughs> but think of it as a business in a box in its most simplified form. So what a franchise is, is somebody had a really successful business. It worked for them. They can replicate it. They can train you. Um, they can give you their, their, their branding, their licensing. They give you their average, you know, they help you with advertising. A lot of the franchises I work with um, help or do the lead generation for their franchisees. Mm. So well, the biggest thing I would say to anybody looking for a franchise, and I know this sounds self-serving, but it isn't meant to be because it doesn't have to be me. I would always advise you to use a consultant. There's too many different businesses out there, too mm-hmm. many different, too much, too many things to vet before you actually even do your due diligence that a consultant will do for you. Um, and as well as we have a lot more inside knowledge in terms of what franchises are available, what it co- what the cost of entry is, what the startup costs are, what kind of earnings you can make, which is something I never talk about. It's not in my realm of responsibility, but I do like to know that because I want to make sure it's appropriate. But there's so many things that go into franchising that if you try and do it on your own, um, 
you're going to miss a lot of potential opportunities. You're not going to be aware of them. You're not going to see them. Plus, um, the, there's so many different ways to invest and types of investment levels that trying to do that on your own is really difficult. And it's difficult to, to just dig through that sea of franchises. Yeah. And you really get to know your clients as well, because one of the things that I've taken away from our conversations and listening to some of your presentations is that you have to you have to consider your lifestyle and each franchise, I would assume, has its own lifestyle as well. You know, like maybe a 24 hour, I think Dunkin' Donuts is like a franchise, right? So like maybe like a 24 hour Dunkin' Donuts versus you know, like a gutter company, which we have locally here, they're two totally different lifestyles that you're living as well. So maybe you come into it having one idea in your head and not knowing, but you have all these businesses that maybe people haven't heard of that maybe your area is completely lacking in, you know, like, hey, we need one of these. And instead of just starting it from scratch, that's one of the other benefits that I think is so incredible that you provide that people often overlook. It's like, yes, I'm going to be my own business owner and I'm going to do all these things, but what's my lifestyle going to be like? Cause a lot of people go into business expecting this sort of lifestyle out of it or desiring a certain lifestyle out of it. And oftentimes that's not what happens. And I know we've all gotten, I, I know I've gotten caught in that trap where you're like, oh, I'm going to have this freedom. And for the most part I do, but you know, my work goes with me on vacation. You know, I work all hours to accommodate people on the West coast and the East coast, but I've made that work and I don't mind that. Like to me, I've made that a part of my lifestyle that I enjoy, but you know, maybe other people don't want a 24 seven business. Well, and, and that's one of the things I do with my clients is I spend time up front getting to know them. I want to understand, do you have kids? Does, you know, are you, are they in that, those ages where you're constantly running after them or will be soon? Um, you know, are you, lots do, of sports? Well, you know, well, how <laughs> do you, exactly, it comes back to lifestyle. So I owned a franchise for nine years and it was a senior care franchise and it's a 24 seven life and death business. And I really didn't know that, didn't get that before <laughs> I went into it. So having come out of spending nine years in a really stressful business, I'm even more conscious of what my clients mm -hmm. learn when they're vetting a franchise. Now, there are people that thrived in that business that absolutely loved it, didn't mind it. You know, the things that I couldn't stand doing that I paid people to do so I would have made more money. Um, <laughs> people love it like, oh, I don't mind that. So it's so individual, but I think mm -hmm. it's really important. And one of the things I really stress with my clients when we get to that point is make sure you understand what the day-to-day -day looks like. Mm -hmm. Make sure you understand what keeps the own, the current owners up at night. That's a good way to put that. I love that. Yeah. Well, and that's like, I give my clients a, a list of questions when they start doing due diligence and they're talking to franchisees. I, I don't, you know, yeah. How much money can you make? When did you hit break even? Those are really important parts. Mm -hmm. It's going to vary dramatically by franchisee, by location, by all kinds, you know, how, how good you are, what you do. But um, I, I, the bigger things to me are what is your, give me a typical day. What keeps you up at night? Not only that similar, but what are the biggest stressors in your business? Um, what do you love about it? You know, all kinds, you know, some of the positives too, but I really think it's important that people understand what are the downsides to any business because they're going to be, and oh, what, yeah. like I said earlier, what bothers you or what bothers me in a business might be perfectly fine to somebody else, but ask those questions. And those yeah, are things so that know. when you work with a consultant, we guide you through that where on your own, you may not think of some of these things. That's true. Um, and you owned a franchise yourself. So I think, um, to toot your horn. <laughs> I think working with you is very beneficial because not only are you now a franchise consultant, but you've owned a franchise for nine years and you know what that business and what that model is. And you've also helped someone become a franchise recently, which is a yeah. total different aspect of it. So it's like kind of the flip flop, like here's these franchises, but like maybe you have an amazing business that's doing really well. And you're like, oh, I could franchise this. So you've also gone down that path as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We had a, a local publishing company um, and she's just was doing really well and wanted to figure out how can I grow my business? Um, and there's a couple of ways you can grow a business. You can keep adding employees and growing out that way, or you can let other people do the work for you. 
And, you know, that's what she's doing. So it's not easy. Um, you know, there's a lot of work involved in getting a really good business to become a franchise. There's, a, you know, moving parts that you have to really know. There's an operations manual. There's, a, there's some legal documents. But it's also, you know, is it set up so that you can train somebody else and they can do it as successfully as you did? Do you have those elements in place? Have you thought about, you know, the details, the CRM, the day-to-day, -day, you know, how you're going to support your franchisees? So we spent a lot of time putting those pieces together to make sure that when we went to market, which we just did, um, that we have something that, you know, somebody could be successful and be successful quickly. Yeah. You know, so that's another advantage of a franchise where to your point with your business, you have to do all, everything on your own. You've got to come up with a concept. You've got Nothing to come up with your scratch mind. too. From, from scratch. scratch. I mean, that's why I bought a franchise. I knew I wanted my own business, but I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do. And, I didn't want to start from scratch. You know, I didn't want to have to think of absolutely everything yourself down to what, you know, if you're brick and mortar, what your fixturing mm -hmm. looks like, or if you're like, we are where we're more virtual, how do you operate? You know, how do you, how do you find your clients? How, you know, it, it helps to have some, somebody behind you that teaches you all that. Um, one of the things about the franchise that we just franchised is lead generation is key in any business. So one of the big things that that franchisor has worked on is helping you know, with lots of ideas on things that franchisees can do to gain their business, to mm. find business. You don't get that on your own. You've got to figure that out on your own, but the franchise will give you those tools. Yeah. You. And a lot of times they'll support you. They'll have mentors. They'll have um, business consultants that will work with you, you know, from start to right through your whole time you, you own the business, which you don't get on your own either, unless you pay for it. <laughs> True. And as you just mentioned, Often, sometimes we look at franchises a lot as a brick and mortar business, but you have said over and over again, not all franchises are brick and mortar. So if you are looking for a virtual business where you don't have to lease a space or do any of that stuff, there's plenty of options out there that are virtual as well, which I think is pretty, I, I love that aspect of things. And one of the other things I wanted to quick talk about too is I love when you go into the history of franchising and it's not really that old, but I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you figure kind of the first franchises that you had mentioned, they weren't really brick and mortar. No, the first franchise out there was actually Singer Song Machine in the 1850s um, or late 1800s. I'd have to look at my cheat sheet, but <laughs> Isaac Singer wanted to find a way to get his machine out to more people instead of just the local people that he could sell it to. So he started a franchise and that was the first one, which people, nobody really understands that because they think, oh, it must have been McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, but you know, it was a concept that said, all right, there's a better way to reach the country and reach more people with this product or this concept or whatever it is, than me sitting here and doing it by myself and trying yeah. to hire people in each, you know, six, um, each location. So it really um, makes it easier, which is not really the right word because it's not easy, but it makes it um so that you can spread a business throughout the country. You can give people the opportunity to also own their own business alongside you, but still have your ben the benefit of your knowledge, your expertise, your trial and error, what failed, you know, you learn what fails too. So that helps people yeah. grow their business as well. And I think another consideration is like where you are at that you're going to be doing your franchise. Obviously, if you're virtual, it's a little bit different, but if you are considering brick and mortar, I'm sure doing something on the East coast versus the West coast or the, even the middle of the country is a different way of thinking. Like maybe some things won't fly on the East coast or maybe it'll fly in the Northeast, but not in the South. You know what I mean? So there's like location to think about as well. Like where that's you're one, at. That's one of the things I realized with my franchises because our franchisor would give us ideas for marketing, for advertising. Oh, this worked in California. You guys have to try mm -hmm. it. And, and I think I mentioned this when I, I did a speaking engagement last week where franchising is hyper local and what works in one market doesn't necessarily work in another, but that doesn't mean your franchisor isn't giving you good, good ideas. They usually, if they're smart, they'll give you a menu of options and you can try different things and something might work in your market that they give you that might not work in California and we're on the East coast or, um, you know, there's different guidelines, different laws in different states. Um, especially when it comes to labor laws 
um, California is one of the toughest states to own a business. I'm not sure how they do that when I look at what their labor laws are compared <laughs> to Pennsylvania and some of the other states. And those are all things that um, a good franchisor can help you find that information to make sure you're compliant with your state. Um, less of that figuring it out on your own. Mm -hmm. I know my franchisor, one of the things, we had a big library of information. And one of the documents in there was state by state labor laws. Um, and different okay. places and, you know, all the different kinds of state-by-state state information that you need. Licensing, we were home care, so we were under the Department of Health in Pennsylvania, not in every state. So mm. it also had state-by-state state licensing information okay. of what was required. So those are things that you'd have to figure out on your own. Not that you can't, but it certainly makes it easier when you're trying to get involved in a business to have those steps already figured out for you. For in another example, like I'm working with somebody right now who um, the business that they're looking at requires a truck and some other equipment. Okay. So the franchisor gets better leasing rates and better purchase rates than if you or I went to a dealership and tried to buy that truck. Um, plus they're going to get it wrapped. So they've got their people that do that for them, where it's, again, it's more expensive when you go one-to-one -one and try and do it in your own community. So there's, there's a lot of things like that, that the franchisor brings to the table, um, especially when it's in brick and mortar, where they're doing the same fit out for, for all these locations, they'll yeah. get much better rates on the items it takes to do those fit outs than you or I would, if we tried to do it ourselves. Well, and ultimately it's in the best interest of, of the franchisor to help the franchisees succeed. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it definitely, if you're going to franchise out a business, if you have a bunch of businesses that are failing, that's not to your advantage. So I think it has like almost this inherent like willingness for people to help and succeed. I would imagine at least that is kind of built into that system because why would you want people taking out franchises that aren't going to, to succeed? It costs everybody money. Exactly. And so there is, there is that need to succeed and a good franchisor and not all of them are, but that's what my job is, is to find yeah, the, to weed out, get rid the, of the ones from that the bad, the appropriate but, from the inappropriate, the, you know, for you and your lifestyle to, well, and, to really have a fit. And any franchisor that I would want to introduce anybody to will help those franchisees be successful. You are absolutely right. It is a hundred percent in their best interest. And that's where we also talk about emerging franchises versus, versus established franchises. Okay. And, you know, there's a couple, one of the reasons people, you know, look at emerging franchises, like the one that we just started, the publisher, a couple of things. Number one, if you're an early franchisee, there's even more need for that franchisor to make sure you're successful Yeah. because they've got to grow that business. So every franchisee that comes on, especially initially, is going to get white glove treatment. Yeah, and that's then, so true. Well, and, and the other thing with an emerging franchise versus a very well-established one, you buy, you know, a, my publishing company and you, you're you directly contacted with the founder, you're working mm -hmm. with her, you've got an influence. If you find some things that work or don't work, or you have some ideas, you've got her ear and she's going to listen. Same thing yeah. with any emerging franchisor. Try to do that with McDonald's. Uh, you're right. You know, yeah. um, and there's advantages to, to an established franchise. Their, their procedures are in place. They know they work. They've been doing it for years. They've got everything figured out for you. There's a lot of advantages to that as well. But And they want you to be successful too. It doesn't help McDonald's to have a restaurant fail. That's but at the same time, um, you know, the, the younger the franchise is, the more they, the more they want to, they need to work. They all want to. The more they need to work to make you successful. Yeah. And it could be exciting to bring a new business into an area where maybe there isn't. I mean, are there certain franchises that are not allowed in certain states or like they don't want to go like, say I'm traveling and I'm out West and I'm like, man, this place is a franchise and it's amazing. I want to open up one. Like, is there any instances where like you just can't do some in certain areas? Like they're restricted. So there are there are a bunch of states, I want to give you the number, but it's like 15 states that are called okay. registration states. And the franchise has to be separately registered there. There's a whole process that costs more money to be registered to do business in those states. So there are franchisors who are not registered in every state. If they find mm. a franchisee that they find a viable, you know, can run a viable business, they may get registered in that state. But sometimes they have reasons why they don't want to. So that can happen. 
Okay. Um, depending on also like I, one of the franchises that I've started working with is a cannabis uh, dispensary. So that's exceptionally limited in terms of what states true, that can yeah. happen. Um, there's a couple things that go into there. Main, mainly is licensing because there's only so it's like liquor licenses in Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's only so many. Sometimes, like in in um, Arizona, they're all sold out. They're like forty million dollars to buy a light. I mean, it's ridiculous. And oh, then there's gosh. states where there's no. It's not legal at all, so you can't have a dispensary. So, so that's that kind business. of a one. It's an unusual one because it's it's you know, something that's very um, kind of new in terms of franchising. But for the most part, you can find, you know, most of them can do business in most states, but there are, you know, some of those restrictions based on registration and some other things. Well, that does make sense, but it still keeps your options wide open. And that's why people right. go to you for that expertise, because then they're not looking at some franchise that they're not even going to be able to open as a business anyway so that they can't afford i mean that's the other thing yeah. is i have to really get into your financials so you know people aren't really comfortable but i need to know franchisors look at your liquidity they want to know how much you have liquid they want to know your net worth and your credit score over 680 preferably and okay. they look at that because they want to make sure that a you can afford the business because there's a franchise fee is a, is a given with any franchise there's a one-time fee can be anywhere from 20 to a hundred thousand dollars usually it's around fifty thousand Okay, so that's about the average sort of like initial initial buy-in buy for it's a, a one-time fee that goes to the franchisor it covers your onboarding it covers you know your initial training it covers your initial any kind of support if it's working mm -hmm. order and they come with you to for your grand opening or if you're whatever you're starting up that covers that then you've got your startup costs yeah do you have to buy equipment do you have to find an office and and rent it do you have to find retail space and fit it out to match the brand if it's a home office, your cost, startup costs are going to be significantly less than if it's something brick and mortar, but it still could be work from home, but you need trucks or other kinds yeah. of equipment. So there's all points in between, but the reason going back to why franchisors look at your, that of, of your financial situation, A, they want to know you can afford it. They want to know that if you need to borrow money, you can, and you know, you might need it as you go along for additional capital. Um, if your credit score is below 680, you're not going to be able to get money. And if you, you're not, if you don't have a net worth of, mm. um, you know, it's harder. But that said, I have franchises I can get people into for very low cost of entry that generates a nice income if that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, it's got to be the right business for you. But all those things, you know, the, the financial side of it really matters. Um, that you're able financially to afford the business, that you're going to be able to keep it running. Um, that it's the right business for you, that you're not going to be overextended. And, and so we do look at that information and it's, it's key to making sure we make the right decision for you. So outside of just cash, like having the cash on hand, where do, where would people go to, to get the money to put, to get the startup money for their franchise? So there's lots of options. Um, and I work with a couple of different funding resources that are really well versed in all the options out there. But there are things like you can get an SBA, Small Business Administration mm -hmm. loan. Um, Small Business Administration is very franchise friendly because they're businesses that are proven versus a startup. It's a little easier yeah. to get an SBA loan that way. Um, and um, up until very recently, there were actually, a, there was an SBA franchise list of approved franchises. Oh. And pretty much if your franchise was on that list, you were going to get a loan unless your credit's terrible. Um, so that's one option. A personal loan is another, usually a little higher interest rate. Um, the SBA loans tend to have a longer time too. Um, another option that people are not aware of is if you have a 401k, you can actually take money that's your pre-tax money and roll it into your franchise. Mm. It's considered an investment in your 401k. So there's no prepayment penalty if you're under 62 and there's no tax implications. Once you sell the business, then that becomes a profitable asset that then you deal with it on the back end. But that's a nice okay. way to start up um, sometimes debt-free. Yeah. Are you paying that back then if you do the 401k? Are you, is it a loan from your 401k no. or you're actually just using that money? Nope. Oh, okay. That's you're, interesting because I know you can borrow against a 401k, but yeah. then you have to pay it back. So this, you're really just using it as- It's an investment. Vehicle. Yeah. 
your franchise is an investment within your 401k. Now, the caveat okay. to that is if you keep your job, if you're working and pick mm -hmm. buy and invest in a franchise, you cannot use 401k money from your current employer. So it has to be a past okay. employer. Now, if you rolled money into that account from a past employer, you could use that money, but you can't use a current employer, Okay, um, which is kind of a one-off to that. But most people yeah. that are starting, that are looking at investing in a franchise have left an employer or have it rolled over. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole purpose. One. Yeah. And I mean, I imagine where are you going to get the time to, to start your franchise up if, you know what I mean? I, I yeah. Know. And I do have some people, you know, there are semi-absentee options, mm -hmm. um, 15, maybe 20 hours a week, hire a full-time manager that runs the business, okay. you manage the manager. Um, there are not as many businesses. There's a lot of franchises that say they're semi-absentee <laughs> and then you get into it. And this is again, where consultant helps when they say, no, well, we're semi-absentee after you've been in it a year or two. Okay. <laughs> which is very different than, you know, my yeah. client, couple right now that a few clients who are keeping their jobs and starting up a franchise on the side. Oh. So, you know, they, that limited the 401k rollover for my one my one client. So he's actually borrowing money from his parents, interest-free. That's another thing is family loans, family investments, you know, is another way home equity is another way to um, finance a franchise. Not my favorite. I don't think you should be putting your house on the line for a business. Yeah, so risky. Um, people do it all the time. I, um, I see it all the time where you can sell, you know, if you have assets, you can sell, but there's a lot of ways and that's why I work with some really well-versed franchise, uh, well, the franchise um, funding companies okay. that really work with you. They have different kinds of products and a lot of advice that they can give people looking at their, uh, I work with one person who I'm very comfortable with, and he just looks at everything in that person's financial situation and tells them, okay, these are all your options. Hmm. Can you go into it as a partnership or like, you know, like say I've got three friends and the four of us want to buy a franchise. Can people do that? Sure. You obviously have to work with an attorney to structure it so that, okay. you know, that it makes sense for everybody. And yeah, you can do, yeah. you know, partnerships are fine. Um, it's not uncommon either, especially on some of the more expensive types of things. Mm. Some of the brick and mortar can get up into the millions. Okay. And sometimes you find they have partnership groups and different things that, and they'll buy multiple yeah. locations too. Like if you look at, um, you know, some of the, like, if you look at Red Robin around here, there's a whole group of restaurant group that owns multiple locations. Oh, okay. And I think people own like multiple, like McDonald's even. Oh yeah. Yeah. Duncan Hinden Stone. I think the yeah. person here owns like 50 of them or something ridiculous. Oh my God. Somebody told, I don't know if that's true, but somebody shared that. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I, mean, like that, but I have to go all the way to Florida to get what I want, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure too. But there are some, you know, there's. It, I see it all the time. I can think, oh, I wish we had one of these here. I wish we had one. There's so many yeah. great concepts that you would have no idea even exist that would you know, be beneficial to have in a market area. I think so too. And that's where I think you add such great value is that oftentimes people didn't even know a certain business was a franchise. Right. And then, you know, you tell what you're looking for and then you can find all these options that most people, even just, from the few talks that I've seen you do, I didn't know a lot of these companies even existed. And you wouldn't because you don't see yeah. them here. They don't exist locally. How would you know, unless you're traveling or you're surfing the internet and you come across them, like and there's, there's, there's a couple, of, I think, oh, I wish we had one of these where I live because yeah. I could definitely use the services. So I'm working on some of those, trying to find people for those franchises. Cause I think, Oh, I wish we had that. And, you know, there's just, I'm always amazed. And every day we get new concepts. Um, every day there's new companies joining my broker, my broker network. Oh, wow. um, and I'm just always amazed at what's out there and, you know, what you just don't even realize exists. And there's some really clever businesses out there. Well, and that's another thing that you kind of just mentioned is that you are part of this broker network and like just somebody, not everybody's 
has access to all that. And I'm sure someone that's looking for a franchise most likely does not have access to that information as well, because like, why would we want to pay for that information? Well, yeah. Why, unless you need it, why would you? Yeah, but you can exactly. go out, like you can go on my website and there's all the franchises I represent listed, but mm. that's not going to give you any kind of information in terms of what's appropriate for yeah. you. And you might not even know what the heck it is either. No, you won't. Right. Not, I don't know what that business is. <laughs> you just don't know. Can I, you know, does this make sense for me financially? Is this an investment I can afford? Is this going to generate enough income for me for what I need to do? Is this something I'm going to enjoy doing or am I going to hate it? Um, you know, all those kinds of things matter. And yeah. that those are the things that I try and dig into with people so that, you know, they, they do understand what they're getting into. They get into something that they can afford that they like and that makes sense. And I guarantee you when, what I do is in my process, I'll t do a big intake. I'll, you know, find out as much information that we talked about, get the financials. Then I go to work and I'll come back after doing some research and some vetting and talking to franchisors, a whole lot that I do on the back end, And I'll introduce them to four, anywhere from three to eight concepts. I don't like doing eight, but I do sometimes. <laughs> and I guarantee you, I am showing people things they never would have thought of. Probably no. not. And, and the funny thing is the things that I show that they never would have thought of are typically what they cling to. Like, oh, I want to learn more about that. Uh, <laughs> never thought of it. Didn't know there was a franchise for that. So yeah. that's that's kind of the fun part. To it is. Because you're like that. listening. Like that's part of your job is just to listen. And just because you're here in Pennsylvania, you don't have to work with just people locally. You can work with people anywhere, right? Anywhere in the world. I for the most part. That. I mean, there are certain countries where we can't, they can't buy a franchise in the U.S., but there's a lot where they can. I have a, um, a Middle Eastern client right now who's looking to buy something in the U.S. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I do. I work all over the... I prefer to stay in the U.S. It's easier, but... Oh, yeah, of course. Of no course. visas and all that. <laughs> Immigration lawyers and all those things that get kind of tangled. Yeah, but if somebody's watching this and you're out in the Midwest or on the West Coast or down oh, south or whatever, like, yeah, you can totally give Pam a call and she'll help you out um, anywhere and... Like you said, you have the, and your database of franchises, it's not like geographically, it's just, no. it, it doesn't matter. So yeah. So yeah. So you have access to all of that information to people. Yeah. And the first thing I do when I do find an, um, a franchise that I think would be good for one of my clients is I check and make sure the territory is available mm. because not everything is available. You know, sometimes there's already a franchisee in that geography oh, or okay. if it's, it tends to be, if it's brick and mortar, you have more of an option for more, more franchisees mm. in a geographic area because it's, you know, just that there's a surrounding area that that's considered sacred. And then, you know, you can move outside of that, but when it's service oriented type of brand, it tends to be zip code based. It could be a whole county or two counties or in a whole market area. So it varies based on what the, how the franchise operates. Okay. Okay. So you, then you, part of your service then is, you know, whether it's even available to the person before I'd even show it. Yep. What do you think most people that come to you are, do you think that they come to you already knowing that they want a franchise or did they hear about you? Because like a lot of people, they're like, ah, I want to leave my job and I'm sick of this. And maybe franchising never entered there. And that's why I wanted to have you on was because, you know, my podcast is all about health, wealth and mindset. So this big wealth part of it, maybe people don't know that a franchise is an option. So I love bringing people these different options, but when people come to you, like, like what, what is it that they're outside of? Like, I, I want to own, I don't know, a bookstore or something. Like, what do they come to you with? Like, like what's their desire that made them look into franchising? So it varies. And each one is, is unique. Um, a lot of times it's, I don't want to keep making money for somebody else. I want to mm. start making money for myself. Um, my one client who I'm working with has been downsized from tech three times Wow! Um, and said, you know, I need something that's mine. He actually got another job is working full time, but is, is looking at a franchise because he said, I don't care that I have this job. I know it's not what I always want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to build this up and then eventually be able to leave my job. Um, I have somebody who's a retired CEO who's looking for something else to do. Um, a lot of times it's just, I, I've, I can't do this anymore for somebody else. I need to start doing this for myself oh. or I just want a different lifestyle. Mm. And then a lot of people that I work with don't really know they want a franchise until we start talking and they, cause they don't understand it. And they think, well, I can't afford that. Or I don't want to spend millions of dollars and, you know, 
doesn't work that way. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to work that way. So it's, it's a lot of different reasons. Um, I, I do pay for leads. Um, I have a lead company that I've been buying leads from this year. And I'm amazed at how many people come in wanting little Caesars restaurants. <laughs> and then when I talk to them about what's involved in the cost, it's like, they just didn't get that, but there's yeah. other options for them that make a lot more sense. So we start talking and I try and get a better feel for, you know, why did you want that restaurant? Well, cause it's always really busy. Yeah, I get that, but you know, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, so then, much behind the scenes of any, of any business. I mean, any business. Yeah. Any, business. Um, you know, or they want a Chick-fil-A because that's always really busy and it's not a really high cost of entry. However, um, you know, Chick-fil-A gets about 20,000 applications a year and they might wow. sign, sign on 80 franchisees and their cost of entry is wow. fairly low, but then you've got to build the restaurant. You've got to get all the equipment. You've got to buy the food and you do all that through Chick-fil-A. You lease your equipment through them. You buy your food from them. You lease the land and the building from them. You pay them 50% of your gross profits. And as an owner, you have to work in the business full, full time. Okay. So it's a much, much bigger commitment. So it's a lot bigger commitment. Um, and then people realize they think, oh, I could just own this restaurant and make all this money and step back. It doesn't work that way. No, but there are businesses that you can do that with more or less. You've got, I mean, you don't want to let go completely of any business. You want to know that whoever you hire to run it for you is doing it correctly. You want to make sure no. you understand the business so you can manage that person, but you also can do that with a full-time job or part-time in some way. No, that makes so much sense to me. Um, and yeah, and I think one of the things that you also additionally provide is say I am, I've found my franchise and maybe I don't quite have enough, but now I can make a plan and make the steps already knowing what I'm getting into instead of like, oh, well, I can't afford and just, you know, doing the like, well, okay, maybe I can't afford this. So let me make a path over the next year on how to afford this franchise. So maybe you're looking into it, but maybe you're, you're six months, a year out, but by coming to you now, you know how to put all your ducks in a row. So to say, you know, we're now when you're ready, you can be completely ready. And, and I do work with people who are in those situations and say, okay, here's what you need. This is what we're looking for. You know, yeah. this is what you need to have liquid. This is what you need to build. Do you need to build well? Or do you yeah. need to repair your credit score? Yeah. Because that's, that can keep some, knock somebody completely out of financing is a low credit score. Um, and, you know, I don't know, even people who have a lot of money and a lot of liquidity don't want to spend it all. They'd rather borrow somebody's, somebody else's money at a decent interest rate and hang on to their own money. So you want, you know, you, you do want to be able to borrow and have that freedom yeah. to, you know, to, to finance your business. But, you know, I work with somebody who has $50,000 saved, doesn't a young guy, 21 years old, doesn't own a home, doesn't own anything. That's all he has. And I have a business I can put him into. Mm. He'll make decent money um, and he can get started for less than that. And I'm Our all rolled up. It's a home <laughs> service brand. I have a couple of them, you know, that, that it's unusual. There aren't that many that you can do, but there are quite a few, there are quite a few that you can get into for the very low cost of entry. Yeah. And that's awesome. And it's awesome to know beforehand what you're getting into and if you need to create a plan so you're not you're like oh, I thought I could jump right in but you're like okay well I, I need maybe six months to jump right in you're sort of part of that whole research process I mean anybody doing a business should do their due diligence and do research no matter if it's a franchise or not but I think sometimes with the franchises you just have access to so much rather than trying to pull out these individual franchises and trying to find out all this information on their own. You're such a wealth of information to help people just with that step of the process so much faster. And, and smarter. Yes. Because, oh my gosh. Know, yes. It, it eliminates some of the mistakes. And that's the thing about doing your yeah. due diligence with a franchise versus I want to start a business on my own. There's not a lot of due diligence you can do. You can do the you know, market surveys, understand your demographics, you know, see if there's a need, but when you want to buy a franchise, 
you can talk to other franchisees throughout the country. You've got, um, you know, their corporate environment to mm -hmm. interview as well. There's much more information out there. You can do Google searches and see if there's any, well, actually when you get their franchise disclosure document, you can see if there's any lawsuits against them. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of information that you can get that you don't get when you start on your own. And, or when you, or necessarily if you buy an existing business that's not a franchise, you don't, you, you can do a little bit more, but you don't always know what you're getting into either. Ah, speaking of which, when you sell a franchise, do you, does the franchise sell it or do you sell it? You do. Mm -hmm. um, they might help. They might, excuse me. <clears throat> they might help you. Um, like I know when I went to sell my franchise, I didn't end up using a broker because I sold to another mm -hmm. franchisee, but they have brokers that they recommend. They help you. If they're a good franchisor, they want to help you move on to your next adventure. Um, and they also want to make sure that they get a good franchisee in your place. Yeah. So it's in their best interest to help you when it's time to sell. Do they market it for you, sell it for you? Most don't. Um, I, but I, I, some of them will list it for you. Like I have on my broker network website, we have a whole list of resales. Okay. So not just starting up a new franchise or a new from scratch <laughs> an existing one. Like you're not just um, opening up this brand new business here. You also have the opportunity to say, hey, this franchise owner wants to sell. Here's an opportunity. So that's like, oh, we didn't even talk about that. So that's yeah. a whole other kind of way. And you help with that as well? Yes. And I actually, when I bought my okay. franchise, I bought a resale. Um, okay. So there was an existing business. He was open from 2009 yeah. till I bought it in 2013. And then the person I sold it to bought a resale because she bought that mine. Would that be a totally different point of entry from a cost perspective because it is up and running? I mean, is it less? Is it more? Because you're not kind of like outputting all that initial stuff outside of the, the license, I imagine. It depends on the business. Now, mm -hmm. if it's a viable business and it's got income, like I sold, I did an asset sale. So they bought my employees, they bought my clients, okay. they bought my lease, they took over my lease, all the equipment in the office. Um, I didn't have any cars at that point. I had sold them, but they bought everything um, that came with it. So as far as startup costs, in some ways it's more because it costs more to buy it because it's based on um, three and a half times EBITDA kind of thing where, or, um, you know, looking <laughs> at how you determine the cost of yeah. business. Some of them do it one times annual revenue. Some of them do it like we did like three times um, EBITDA earnings before taxes, depreciation, and, um, amortization. Um, but depends on how successful the business is. If it's mm -hmm. a really successful business, um, it can be quite, quite a bit more than buying, than doing a startup, but you've got cash flow most likely. You've got things in place uh, that you so don't So there's know. benefits to that. There's big benefits to it. Um, at the same time, you got to know what you're walking into and, you know, is it a healthy business you're walking into or is it a troubled business that you're walking yeah. into? Do you have to do some fixes or is it something that's clean you want to, so there's a different, you want to do double due diligence. You want to understand how the previous franchisee operated the business as well as interviewing the corporate and the job and everything else. You know, what is, what is the actual work I'm going to do? Okay. You know, and then the, all those questions that I, from before, what are the stressors? What keeps you up at night? All those things, mm -hmm. but it can make a lot of sense to buy a business that already has business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why when I bought mine at the point, when I bought, when I bought my franchise, I thought, I don't really want to start a franchise even from scratch. Cause then it was kind of the chicken mm -hmm. and the egg thing because I had to have caregivers <laughs> and I had to have clients and I wanted you know didn't want to really deal with getting them both set up and getting that working somebody else had already done yeah. it and I did it and it was just made my life much easier to walk in with an established business yeah definitely yeah. more expensive but worth it yeah definitely I can see the benefits there and like you had mentioned it with Chick-fil-a do most franchises when you're um, looking at one and you've decided on one do most of them have an application process like Chick-fil-a or is Chick-fil-a sort of a little bit of an anomaly at least from a numbers perspective you said what like 20,000 applications and yeah they're 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 yeah. a hot franchise but yeah, yeah they're they're unusual in terms of um how popular they are that is not the norm but it also okay. makes it really hard to get into it um but, but it's still like an application for most yeah things. i mean they so want yeah and there's usually to go through that 
and background checks franchise so it's a double interview i look at it as a double interview process okay. so some of my fellow consultants say, yeah. don't word interview um but it is you're vetting them and they're vetting you yeah, they're, they're interv you're interviewing them to see if they're the right fit for you but at the same time they want to make sure you're going to be a successful franchisee so if they don't feel that you fit their criteria of what a yeah. successful franchisee is they may not accept you and, and offer you hmm. franchises are award awarded. It's not a given that because you want it and have the money, it's yours. Okay. And that's, um, I think, good for people to know. Yeah. Doesn't, it isn't a guarantee. Um, it, it just means that it makes sense to look at it, but you, but there's no promise that somebody's going to make that offer to you. And a lot of franchisees, franchisors look at it, you know, we don't want somebody who's just doing this to buy a job. We want somebody who wants to scale and grow the business. We want somebody who's going to be in it, you know, fully, not just Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of thing. They want somebody yeah. who's dedicated to it. And, you know, so that they're trying to also weed out is people who are like, okay, I'm downsized. I don't know what to do. I'm going to buy a job. <laughs> that's the weirdest statement I think I've heard. I'm going to buy a job. But that's, that's what, you know, it, it's common. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but yeah, it's like, you know, people talk about that. Ever... It's like, okay, I don't want, I don't want somebody who just wants to buy a yeah. job. Yeah. And, you know, technically in a way that's what you could be doing, but, um, I mean, you know, it makes, when, yeah, that makes total sense when you say it like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I got a chuckle out of that, but I did. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, like there's so much to franchising, but I think it's a really good option for so many people on so many levels. Like you said, like it sort of is this sort of business in a box. You do have all of this support, you know, there's marketing in place. There's people to help you mentoring in place. There's people who have been there, done that rather than, you know, just starting your own thing. And I mean, obviously I have my own business, so I'm doing my own thing and I did. And, you know, and there were, I, I didn't, where do I get clients? Where do I do this? And then you got to network and you, not that you don't have to do, oh, you do anyway. things. You want to do all those as well. But some of that sort of mystery is taken out of you and, you know, you do have this whole support system. So I, I know you're uh, pressed on time today. So what, like, what's the best advice that you can leave us with when it comes to thinking about a franchise, like just like a quick little like to leave our uh, people who are watching this with when it comes to franchising. So I'm going to say it again. Kind of you the interest of like many people. They're like, Oh, I didn't think about that. That could be a really good option for me. Well, so to me, a couple of things. First of all, as I said before, use a consultant, use a consultant, use a consultant. Yeah, Those are the top I, I, three. After listening to you a hundred percent. Yeah. And you, and like you just said, and it's a free service. But the thing is, you know, it's, I think it comes down to also explore your options because, mm. you know, you may not have considered franchising, but you know, I, I think I mentioned this before we started this, but my services are free. Franchise yeah. consultants don't charge the, the potential franchisee. We get paid a referral fee if you happen to um, invest in a franchise. And I don't work with that in mind at all. I yeah. want to, I want to make sure that you're making the right decisions that you're educated that you understand and that you really vet whether or not this is the right opportunity for you and if anybody's thinking about what their next move is that has some business experience that's looking for you know i'm, I'm kind of don't i don't know what i want to do now um this is a great thing to just explore as an option along with looking for a job because you might be surprised at what's out there. And, you know, think about it this way too. When you have a job, you get, you get raises every year, if you're lucky at a certain percent, usually not very much. You yeah, don't have cost control. of living if that. If that. And you don't have control over your own financial destiny mm -hmm. to a degree. I mean, some commissions, you know, maybe. But when you own a franchise, you have a lot more control over your financial destiny and how much, you know, just even how you finance your franchise can make a difference in how you pay yourself and what you're able to bring mm. in and, you know, adjusting it as need be. But I think you have a lot more control over your financial future when you own the business. And a built-in support system. Well, going back, getting back to that, I just, before we close, I wanted to mention when you talk about a support system, mm -hmm. one of the things that I loved about it um, is that there were, a, you know, my business, there were hundred and something other owners. We had a Google oh. group um, that we would pop questions to each other. We would talk to each other. 
um, it, you, you're not, you're a business for yourself, but you're never by yourself. Yeah. You're not. Um, and that's the difference between, you know, owning your own business on your own as an independent person versus owning a franchise is you have those, you know, your coworkers, so to speak, even though yeah. they're not that you don't get when you're real, truly on your own. And that to, for me, that was huge. Yeah. And I think for some people that could be the make or break and it could be whether or not it could like completely determine the outcome of your experience with it. Like as if you were out on your own floundering or you ran into a snag here, you reached out and the support's already built in. Yep. I think that's a yep. huge Plus benefit. you have peers where, yeah. you know, and that's a big deal. So like when you, when you run into an issue with your business mm -hmm. or question, yeah, you can always ask the franchisor, but they're not going to have the same perspective as somebody who's in the trenches like you are. And you get yeah. a lot of great feedback from your fellow franchisees. Awesome. The camaraderie is good. No, I think that's perfect. So now that we've intrigued people and they're all interested in a franchise, how do they connect with you? And I'm going to have everything in the description, but I just want you to tell us how, how people can connect with you and talk to you about potentially, you know, owning their own franchise. You can call me, um, you can email me and I can give you all that. You have all that information. I can give it to you. You can email me, you can call me. Um, there, I have a link um, to a calendar where you can set up time to talk with me calendly.com and then backslash French strategies, which is the name of my company. Um, any of those ways I'm happy to connect. I'm also, um, I have a Facebook page. You can reach me that way or on LinkedIn, um, lots of ways to reach me. And I'm happy to spend time with you. Like I said, there's no cost for my services. Just, you know, it helps to just know what's out there and what your options yeah. are. Yeah. And if you've ever thought about it, um, maybe you could get there sooner than you thought that you could. Yeah. You might be surprised. Yeah. Um, when and I you might be surprised out. at what's available as we've already talked about. I mean, just with the, the few things that you've like kind of tossed around at different speaking uh, engagements that you've done. I, like I said, I've never heard of a lot of these businesses. So I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at what is available out there with all different kinds of ni like niche type of, type of things. Like 30 different industries plus sub industries. And yeah, yeah a lot there. That's all. It's, it's fascinating to me. All right. So <laughs> yeah. So I love what you're doing and I love how you're helping people become business owners that might maybe wouldn't have thought of becoming so otherwise because of the startup. But now these franchising options are a totally different way to look at owning your own business. So I thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to tell people about how to build your wealth through franchising. I think it's a great option for so many people. Please check out Pamela's website, her all her contact information. If you have any interest and want to learn more about franchising your own business, please get in touch with her. And until next time, thank you, Fran. Or Fran, that's your business name. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Because <laughs> your business name is Fran Strategies for Franchising Strategies. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. Oh, you're not alone. That happens all the time now. I think I need to change my name, but thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I know, because I had it in my head from your website. And now I'm like, so Pam, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this. And we, I would love to have you back and maybe we can dive into a little bit more on the financials or, you know, the struggles that people have, because there's a lot to franchising, but I just kind of wanted to make this like a, like a one-on-one -on -one just to get people interested. They can get more information um, from you. And I do hope that people do that. And until next time, thank you so much. And thank you for watching another episode of The Wealth Within Us.